again and welcome to Underbench Staples. My name is Russell. My name is Patrick. And we are dissecting the latest episode, which has just finished broadcasting, of <laughs> MasterChef Australia ing episode seven mm-hmm. and it's the second elimination i'm sure on the storyboard of the series that wasn't the plan that was not planned so i wonder what was planned who knows or is this because they had to kind of space out the timing mm. so this could actually be shot on a sunday but who knows yeah yeah who knows oh covid that old fool yes yes apparently it's big again who knows mm. um so what was it i called them the infected crew <laughs> yes no you called them the sickies <laughs> <laughs> so the sickies are back the nine of them <laughs> and the healthies are up on the gantry watching them yeah yeah looking very relaxed and all mm. that type of stuff um, which is quite nice so this is all in order to make it fair once again and the sound of my breathing is terrible mm, laboured I would call it yeah <clears throat> excuse that I'm heavily asthmatic um so this one was an interesting one because uh, uh, former winner two time contestant Amelia Jackson who we both J'adore J'adore Is uh, The guest To bring their secret For success To the table Came along with A eclair It couldn't have been Anything else Except shoe Exactly So this was her Signature recipe Her signature shoe And uh, The challenge Was quite simple This is the basic recipe You're welcome Now put your spin on it And he got 75 minutes to do so either sweet or savoury so you had the pantry you had the garden and yes sweet or savoury but the catch was in round one if you choose sweet you have to do savoury in round two and vice versa exciting Mm. an open challenge open book obviously there is the kind of everybody has to cook from the same base Mm. product or recipe but then you can interpret it in any way you want to mm. now for the for, for the purposes of the tape um patrick was very lovelyly loving lovingly making dinner and it wasn't quite ready in time for the starting of the show so you missed kind of the first 10 minutes yeah so i could tell you anything and you'd have to believe me but i won't do that because i'm not thrilled i approach everything you say with skepticism anyway so yeah he's not lying that's absolutely (laughs) true so the three least impressive will go into round two and uh it's an interesting thing because not too many people went savory most people went sweet your instinct my instinct Actually I mean, no Actually I'll ask you that question In a minute And pretend I didn't ask you that Okay Have you made shoe before? Yes And how do you find it? Um, technical Actually mm. Even though it is Just like eggs and flour um, I think Shoe has a lot to do With the environment That it's made in And The heat of the pan And You know Activating the gluten in it I think there's just like You've got to know The steps yeah, yeah. So have you Made it before? You're, I love the way you're looking Because you're like He hasn't Has he? I don't think I have I'm no. sure you have I'm, I'm sure you've tried Your hand at profiteroles At some stage I could have done it In home ec 
there's a high mm. chance I did it in home ec. Now, if not, the closest thing I would have done is um, Dutch S potatoes, which are nothing like shoe, but they're very like similar in shape. They're piped. <laughs> they're piped, exactly, and they're shaped. And I'm they... just thinking back to the time that you tried to make croissant in our tiny oh, flat in that. London yeah. many, many years ago. Oh, and no. oh. they did look kind of good, but then the butter leached out entirely during the cooking process mm. and so it was just like <laughs> the butter absolved itself out of the structure yeah. and then it in the oven fried the yeah. pieces <laughs> just of a butter fried croissants which actually were just dove off I'll actually tell you this they weren't even in London this was way after London this was in in Drogheda this was in your parents house was it? yeah I was like, I'm going to be brave again. I'm going to make croissants. <laughs> I, I successfully made them the first time oh, I ever no. tried making them. And then I tried making them again and screwed them up. So I am a little bit of a disaster in the kitchen sometimes, but not often quite as bad as that. So if you had this challenge, how would you go? That was a really good question. And it's not like the question I asked. Um, I probably would have gone savoury first. Just because I know it's different. I am more of a savoury type of person anyway. Um, but I probably would have moved towards going something along the lines of a cheese-filled one. I was actually surprised by the lack of cheese. Mm. Like, chouquettes are such a canapé staple of Gastrogay's ink. <laughs> uh, we love them. They're fantastic. As, he's, as you can probably yeah, gather, I never make them. You do. They're the sweet ones now. Gougeres. thinking about Gougeres. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, Gougeres. I'll edit that out, yeah. Okay, that's great edit. Well done, Russell. Um, yeah, Gougeres. Now, they are something special, especially yeah. when it's like a Comte or something inside mm. it. I would have done something like that, but elevated a little bit mm. more, maybe. Nice. Maybe uh, kind of akin to round two with the caramelised onions and stuff like that, and a yeah. bit of that, but maybe something along those lines. What about you? I don't know, because I would instinctively think like you... Probably you could stand out more if you do savoury, mm. but then if that fails, having to compete on the sweet in round two in a smaller pool, you've got to stand out and more. It's be perfect. However, I probably would chance it, take the risk, and try to excel at the start. Yeah, and I would choose savoury, and I'd probably do some kind of like Indian spiced. Okay. Some kind of like, I don't know, curry, pickle kind of thing inside a shoe. God. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Actually, if you want to give it a go, um, that would be really nice. So. Okay. We move how on. about we talk about. Oh, before we start. Yeah. The moment I heard, saw, experienced this challenge, my mind instantly went to one TV show and one TV show only. And that is? The Fanny Craddock Christmas special All About You This is the second Fanny Craddock mention And we're only on Episode 6 of this uh, podcast It won't be the last Okay go on uh, That's all I have oh, that's all you To have say, to say on the matter Now the reason why I also asked do you make shoe was Declan didn't seem too confident now you didn't see this bit but Declan wasn't massively confident about it he's never made it before evidently he did a very good job in the end because he had a great recipe to start with at least Um, but I felt it interesting how he was putting it all together it looked like he put the water into a bowl and then the butter 
and all this uh, and uh, and then put that into into a pot and then melted it all together and I'm kind of like is that is that right um yeah. is that is that is that because Often on these types of things, you'd show off, so this is how it's made. So it was kind of felt unusual for me. He was kind of like, how do you make shoe again to not see the process, if you know yeah. what I mean? But is that how you do it? I mean, like, all of them had the same steps, right? And yeah. ingredients. Yeah. So I guess everybody did it the same way, no? It doesn't start off as a roux. Or it does. It does. It does. Yeah. So this was almost like a reverse roux. I've done that before now with milk and stuff like that to make roux, but it just mm. felt to the, I don't know, it felt like it was like skipping several steps or combining several steps. Hey, look, if it works and it makes beautiful looking shoe, happy days. Don't question Queen Amelia. How dare you? I'm not you? questioning her. I'm questioning potentially Declan's wisdom, mm. potentially. Um, so the questioning came along where it was like, what would Amelia do? And Amelia said she would make a simple chocolate shoe bun. Simple. <sighs> If she was in the same position, not like, you know, Queen. Like, just chocolate? I get get the, like, keep it simple, refined, excel at the basics, but, like, that is very, Mm. very risky because Mm. it has to be the most amazing chocolate shoe that you've ever tasted. Yeah. Are we around the same point now in the competition or do I still have to fill in? Are we in the same kind of area of the show because I'm going to go on to Larissa's savouries yeah yeah cool I can't remember what point the plate was handed to me so like <laughs> I'm sorry and I didn't even get a thank you anyway so we're going to talk about Larissa who is she the only person who did savoury yes one person yes that is right it does look that way yeah and yet us two both said we would probably start on savoury. Yeah, but then that's with the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> so she uh, did a fried chicken. She also said, I don't make sweets. Yeah. And, you know, instantly went straight to savoury for that. Fried chicken, I obviously am going to love. Suggested maybe a hot honey one, which is the one she went for, or a Korean style. Absolutely savage. But I think by going for the hot honey, it elevate, uh, it pushed the two into the territory of sweet yeah potentially um, they looked good to me but I can see how maybe the flavour probably wouldn't work too well yeah clever how it was kind of like presented as a slider almost yeah like or like a, a bow almost like split open yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a good idea but just the execution of mm. the sauce especially if you're going to coat the sauce as you know if you're going to do a Korean style, it generally tends to retain its crisp. Mm. But I get the impression that the starches or the flowers that she used wasn't mm. t- to kind of get that shattering crisp. Yeah. And so if you're going to pour over a whole heap of sauce, yeah. it isn't going to stay crisp. Then uh, next I'm going to move on to Alice. Yeah. The tea flavoured one. Now, I loved how much she nerded out and Andy even <laughs> came over and was like... You know, you're loving this, aren't you? Because it's pure nerdiness. Yeah. She told Amelia that if she got to write a cookbook, it would be the science of baking because it would really be all about the technicalities and scientific natures of things. She's a nerd. Totally. I love her describing things because it's really nerdy, but it's really knowledgeable and she mm. knows what she's doing. Yeah. Like she would know how shoe is made. I'm sure she would. Unlike me. Yeah. Because she's smart. 
And I'm dumb, yeah. I think she's good at shoe. But we'll get to that point. Yes. Um, the flavours. Yeah, the tea flavours. So it was like oolong tea and matcha. Together. With, with together. Now. And then a caramel on top mm, of that as well. Like, I do get it. Absolutely. And they're gorgeous flavours. My um, Irish boy who drinks 12 cups of Barry's tea a day is instantly like the maltiness of builders mm. or even the kind of floral nature of Earl Grey is where my mind would go when I hear tea. about tea mm. and that's complimentary oolong kind of on the bitter end matcha matcha's a hard one matcha's not my favourite flavour but anytime I've had it in a dessert I have enjoyed it so I mean uh, it was an interesting com- combination clearly it didn't do the job because she did end up in the bottom three so that was that Kath Crackling she did say Crackalan <laughs> once Crackling Crackling I love her so much um, so Kath did mm. a lemon mascarpone shoe mm. and the judges ate her up yes they called it perfection yeah which is amazing perfection and, and, you, and she's the only person to do a Crackalan um, which I'm actually quite surprised by Instant because up. it's so visually appealing. It's probably very grammable and stuff. So I'm kind of surprised no one else thought to do that. Um, but she did a damn good job with it. Mm. Um, so much so that when it came to the tasting, there was no messing around. Go straight to the gantry. And considering how she's kind of had a few ups and downs this week, yeah. it's really great to see that kind of confidence boost for her and I guess they gave her that go ahead to go up to the gantry probably because of the crackalan because it was that one step Mm. higher than anyone else like everyone else they're kind of trying to judge them on flavours and technique but then that's a whole extra step Mm. Uh, Rhiannon had a bit of a nightmare with her curds splitting or there was some issues texturally and even the timings Mm. so they suggest so you need 45 minutes to bake and while everyone else had everything piped and ready to go she was still mixing it all together yeah so i think on the back foot instantly and um, but was using mango if i remember correctly mango and lime mm. and kind of tropical flavors like mm. really solid mm. great flavors to include but just hadn't gone well and then we've got a couple who were kind of like um performed quite well we've got Theo with um, the lemon meringue eclair like I'm so which was like perfectly torched mm. like that was gorgeous and annoyingly I wrote in my notes here Theo making meringue on top of lemon curd lemon. Cr- yeah like oh. yeah 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 lemon. N-N-O-N or N-I-N uh, less Beatles more Soviet oh god yeah. okay yeah so uh, that should be lemon curd but that that is a really me kind of thing um, it was beautifully done speaking of a you thing how about we go on to Antonio with his Parry breast and hazelnut praline your thoughts please it looked gorgeous now it was more of a parry breast shoe bun as opposed to a parry breast ring. I want individual tiny rings. Yeah. 
That is what I wanted, so, and we did not get that. Yeah, he did. He did essentially like a Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> Stop with the Nutella. Okay, okay Andrea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, good job. Good, good job. job. And and like, you know, doing a classic, especially with someone like Amelia, who knows and loves the classics. Yeah. Like, mm, you know. And then in that kind of group who had done pretty well, we've got Jessica with peanut butter and jam slash jelly. Yes. Like, Made her own jam. Great idea. Mm-hmm. I think that probably impressed Amelia because it's like, yes, classic flavor combo. Keep it simple. Mm. So... Uh, Smash and Pass is going to be after because there's quite a few dishes here so we have a lot to analyse so let's pass on uh, to the next round so as we said Kath got straight to the um, gantry uh, Rhiannon Larissa and Alice three really strong contestants in this grand scheme of mm. things again I wonder if this wasn't a split elimination type of thing would they have been the three who would be in the elimination of this particular challenge Mm. I think it's interesting that at the outset they explain that it's going to be the three who don't stand up that are going to be in this other round because I think as it all panned out there were only three yeah and it was just three that just weren't as good as the other so having those three kind of is it wrong to say this early on heavyweights? Yeah. I mean, like, having those three in combination, I was personally like, oh, God, uh, I would hate to lose any one of these three. Yes. Um, I think that's a weird thing because, and especially because of the split in it. Yeah. What show was it? Was it Big Brother when they had two, UK, where they had two houses yeah. going on side by side kind of thing? Like, it's a bit like that right now. That, uh, And I'm looking forward to everyone being joined up together. Yeah. Because I really don't think we'd have had the same bottom three. Hmm. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting to um, consider that. Yeah. But obviously, that's in a whole other universe because Wait. COVID has struck again. Okay, fine. Um, Can we first talk about Rhiannon with the the prawn? po'boy Mexican situation yeah so it was like a Mexican uh, prawn shoe bun that you know when you know when you make like plasticine or like little painting model type of things made out of plastic or 3D print a sub from Subway yeah it looked like that yeah and it looks sensational like I'm so amazed and I love the ingenuity of being able to go savoury I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go back into my wheelhouse now she mm. said in front of the judges which was really really interesting this is me and you could see the joy in her face that she was presenting a dish that was quintessentially her yeah and they loved it went straight you know they, it was the most highly commended of the dishes I'm wondering, because we said this about Robbie in the last episode, this elimination, inspiration, push, the kind of like, especially in the early on stages where you're like, I don't want to be the first or second to go home. No. Is there this kind of like 
extra energy that's being put in and it's like well I've got one chance I might as well do something that's very very me and is that what happened to her yeah it seems it and I think she hit it out of the park with this challenge like it was inventive it was unexpected and it was true to her Mm. I guess angle or ethos yeah stay true to yourself is the kind of mantra mantra of this particular um, challenge um Rhiannon Dunn Alice 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 Breakfast in a Shoe is my idea of absolute heavenly bliss I loved the sound of this if you were going to do if if I told you your challenge is put a breakfast inside a shoe how would you approach it hungover or not hungover Pretend like you're in the MasterChef Australia. Okay, because if I was hungover, I'd probably this put it into the format. Okay, here. cool. Yeah, um, I would probably think on a similar line. Bacon, absolutely. Bacon is very easy to cook. It's easy to make crispy. It's easy to add texture. Or I would have done like a sausage ball, almost like, almost like a reverse Scotch egg, maybe. Or toad in the hole. Yeah, like that kind of vibe where I'm like, maybe I would have, oh, this is really hard, but maybe like get a quail's egg, <laughs> poach or boil it, bread it in like sausage meat, mm. put it inside the shoe, and then you have like essentially a shoe scotch egg. Like that sounds crazy, but also fabulous yeah like that's kind of where my mind is thinking mm. interestingly I thought that, that it looked very dry and it was interesting that they did say it was quite dry despite the caramelised onions yeah and not enough egg and not enough egg and like the agonising over the egg what did you think about the egg hmm I do agree when she changed from the scrambled eggs to the fried egg yeah the immediate thing I thought was but they're going to be too large to go into the shoe because hers were quite small. So I was thinking like, okay, are you going to half the egg and then it'll ooze everywhere? So I think in the end she chose correctly. But needed more. But needed more. And still could have used a quail's egg. Could have used a quail's egg, yeah. Yeah. And like... I thought the approach to it was too basic in that you could have had like bacon crumb or you could have had like a glaze of like brown sauce or something like yeah. kind of something else more chefy because breakfast is like pretty everyday stuff, everyday flavours. It can be so elevated. Can be. Obviously the onion had been the a start. knockout, yeah. so that kind of saved it. If it hadn't the onion, mm. I think she would have gone home. Um... Moving on to Larissa. The only um, sweet. The only sweet because she was the only savoury in the previous round. Uh, interesting to see how the other two stepped up to the plate with doing a savoury because it wasn't the original choice. Uh, Larissa, who obviously earlier said, uh, I'm not a sweet person type of thing, it means this is going to be a bit of a challenge. Uh, essentially did a lemon meringue kind of vibe going on there. Yeah. Again. And obviously Theo also did that in the first round and really knocked it out of the park. The high cream to curd ratio was the issue on all of the judges. In some cases, getting more cream or all cream to curd. And to me, that is a failure of the brief that she set herself. Because if you introduce this and say, this is a lemon curd shoe. Yeah. 
Yes, I do expect there to be cream in there because if you just had the curd, it'd be way too astringent mm. and sharp. Mm. I expect the cream. But if I get 90% cream, then it's just a cream shoe. Now, remember when uh, Amelia was walking around and was asking, uh, Larissa asked about what should she do? And Amelia was like, taste it. Mm. Do you think she should have done the mixing of the two together and balancing it out as a batch instead of what was evident that it was like, I don't even know how much I'm putting in here. Yeah, I mean, mm. <sighs> it's all. It's hard because like you can't judge it until you've tried it in various combinations. Mm. I just think like maybe there could have been an argument of her putting some extra zest into the shoe yeah. itself, or like trying to amp up the flavors mm. elsewhere. Mm. If all you rely on at the very end is like, okay, I'm gonna put either a teaspoon or a tablespoon of this in you've kind of gone that far mm. and it's your only option it's hardly a scone that you're just trying to figure out how much jam or mm. cream or anything like that interesting that also uh, she was the second person to ask judges and guest judges questions I love that uh, Declan did it early on and I really liked that though. he was like can I ask you a question and he was like of course you can and you kind of forget that in a lot of ways they are there for advice. Yeah. And they are there, there to help as well. Went very Dublin dare and said dare, dare seven times. Help dare, dare, man. Dare, yeah, yeah, yeah. So really interesting that I think that's a good sign. It shows that you know you're not perfect and you know you're not, you know, maybe at the level that they think you might be. You you can ask questions and you can learn from it. And like going back to Declan in the first round, he was really well complimented on mm. his. So I mean, this is week paid two. Off. Exactly. So I think all of us are comfortable enough now that the contestants are starting to see this as a real opportunity. Mm -hmm. I have these judges in front of me every day. If I have a question, I've got to ask them. And, and it's the thing that Jamie said, this is the best cookery school in the world. Totally. You know, so... Right, smash <laughs> or pass? Smash or pass. I'm going to ask you your pass first. Ooh, that's controversial of mm. you. Why would you do such a thing? Because I'm trying to scroll it here and I cannot find it. Oh, there it is. Um, I have two potentially. I think you know one of them is going to be um, Antonia's parry breast. Cause of hazelnuts. Simple as that. But also if it's going to be a parry breast, I kind of want it to be in, in yeah. the ring myself. The other would be Alice's tees. Yes. Um, shoe bun. Just because it sounded bitter. I can imagine how bitter it was. And when I hear again it's because of my big Irish head of me I hear tea and I think of a malty milky cuppa mm. that's all what about you for passes my pass is also going to be Alice's I just think great idea appreciate the angle that she's coming from but I don't think that's a, a thing I would enjoy and I don't think it was it was executed quite well enough and now your smash please Going to, oh, this is so hard. This is like looking at a menu in McDonald's and trying to figure out what I want. Imagine they had these on the menu in McDonald's. Wow. I'm torn between four of them, but I'm going to eliminate it down to two, okay? And I'm going to say Jessica's peanut butter and jelly one. 
and Theo's lemon meringue. We need to start setting rules that we have to have one dish. Okay, I'm sorry. We have to. We can't. We can't be going on having four dishes for Smash and Pass, but they're just so good. I'm sure the actual judges themselves also have these conundrums. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I'm gonna go first. Yeah. On Smash, and it's gonna be Theo's because okay. I think his eclair was just classic. It was technical. Mm. It was executed perfectly. The judges had high, high praise. To me, he hit that out out of the park. Yeah. And, the, and of everything I saw, that's the one I would want to try. Mm. So could you talk through Jessica's then? How come that's your I don't know. I don't know why it, it's, it wasn't even showcased enough for me on screen. I just, I'm like, that combination of flavours at that moment in time really appealed to me. Um, I would obviously if I'm on a menu or uh, looking at a menu and I've seen lemon meringue in any form I'd be ordering it so going a little bit different it would probably be the peanut butter yeah nice really really nice so then we have a little bit of a twist yes I love this so you may remember from episode one that Larissa has the second chance apron is it called the grey apron the grey apron yeah, yeah. Um, which means that in the next elimination, she got eliminated this time. Nobody saw this coming this early. No. And I'm not actually happy either because I wanted this to be a thing that could go on for a couple of weeks. I love the fact that as... And so it's like, okay, we're sorry to see you go and everything. And she's like upset or whatever. You could tell the act she was trying to act sadder than she was. The hilarious thing was the judges could not keep a straight face, especially Jock. He had the biggest grin on his face the entire time. And they just have to all act as if no one knows anything. And I love that. Amelia was the only one who looked genuinely a bit... Oh, bye. Probably probably left the studio thinking, she looks kind of happy leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good twist, isn't it? Very good twist. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, I cannot wait to see Sunday night's yeah. elimination because they're all going to be gooped yeah. and gagged. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a preview of the next episode, which is the first service Yay. of the season. I can't wait. Love. Splitting the kitchen up into two teams. Mm. And we've got two mentors this mm. time. We have Sashi, uh, the winner of season 10. And we have Matt Sinclair, the runner-up from season eight. Fantastic. So two excellent cooks. Mm. And I'll be really, really interested to see how they command each of their teams. Mm. I assume they're going to be in charge of each kitchen. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say so. That looks how nice. it is. So what a good, really good episode tonight. Another great, great episode. I hate having two eliminations in one week, though. That's going to be annoying. Like, this isn't MasterChef UK where it's like, you spill some milk, you're going home. It's like, I love at this stage that it's it's you have the full period to get to know everyone. And I'm just glad that after tonight's episode, everyone's back into the full formation again. And that's how it should be because it just feels really disjointed and wrong having nine do one thing, eight do another and so on. But like, in a way, you didn't have an elimination today. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know that, and they don't know that. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody the knows secret. that. 
Honestly, if you can watch it on rewind, just look at the judge's face <laughs> as they're trying it's to eliminate def- it. Definitely can, a performance. You can tell the acting is not their forte. Uh, but a great episode. Um, thank you for listening once again. And we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Please do subscribe wherever you're listening uh, on this, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Pocket Cast, Good Pods. Google Podcasts. Google Pods, like yeah, yeah. pretty much all of the places all that the you pods. have. Um, and do leave a review if you're enjoying it as well Uh, until tomorrow thanks for listening goodbye bye